I'm at the Cape Cod Symposium on Addictive Disorders. This is the 32nd annual CCSAD hosted by C4 Events. This is where I get my hands on the experts and the professionals in the field of addiction and mental health disorders. So you can have more help, more support, more connection to the information that is going to bring your family back from the brink of destruction, from these destructive habits, these destructive patterns, I'm Aaron Huey. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. The Shoemaker's children go barefoot. That's something that we experience as professionals, as therapists. That the, the thing we know the best, because we've been through it, because we, uh, uh, we're, we're addicts in recovery, we're alcoholics in recovery, and, and then we start to, to do that 12th step where we, we go out into the world and we find other people who are suffering with mental health issues, with addiction issues, and our job is to help. And then we have a family. And we think we've slain the dragon. We think we've taught people how to slay the dragon. And we become this expert dragon slayer. And then all of a sudden, the dragon's living in our children's bedroom. And it's terrifying, it's a nightmare, it's everything you didn't want. And I don't know if parents understand how many professionals in the world of recovery deal with this. Way more than you think. Okay, think of a number, triple that right now, now triple that number right now. If it's not all of us, I'd be shocked. If, if you have a family and you are a recovered addict and you are in the field, your family's struggling with it. That wound is deep. I have Rogan with me, uh, Rogan O'Donnell. Um, so he is he is the owner of New Foundations Recovery Houses. You guys are adult programs? Yes. Okay. Where are men. you guys located? Freehold, New Jersey. And you're men only? Men only. Okay, Gender gotcha. Specific. Gender specific. Okay. Very accountable. Uh, we're the common sense for the non-common sense thinker. That's like our little baseline for it because so many of us coming out of detox or out of rehab we don't have common sense so we need somebody who's been around and understands baseline of common sense inpatient outpatient sober living what are, we are just sober living okay men's, so you're sober living facilities residents. okay yep. so residences take them to meetings in-house meetings yep. job yep. skills yep see this is okay so this this workshops, is workshops bringing in people from the community yeah. getting them volunteering back into the Perfect. community habitat and humanity uh the ymca uh, other religious affiliates like um, uh, thrift stores so our guys that are on probation that have to serve hours, community hours. We hook them up with community service. If they need social services, we're affiliated with the food banks. We're affiliated with, uh, they call them the, I think, uh, the food service cards. Okay. So they can get basic food. We also have a pantry um, called Second Shelf, whatever they want. It's always non-perishable items. Take it as, as freely as you need, and when you're back up on your feet, replace it nice yeah um step down like they've just come out of treatment or they can can you be primary um we if they need a medical detox we really prefer them because we're not covered under that yeah stuff. of course, of not course. i'm not a detox facility so yeah. that's that's its own monster so, so if if they're good then they can come right on in they okay. don't need to go to treatment and how's this funded uh self-pay self-pay okay yep. 
Okay. So obviously, I, I know the guests are hanging on, the parents who are listening are hanging on to, you know, what I said at the beginning, because, you know, in <laughs> at those of us in recovery, we have no boundaries. Like, like it was five minutes of you and I meeting each other on the conference floor, and we're like, and, and my family, yeah. and here's what happened, and one time I, and we know each other so well because, yeah. because this, but it's also because we know how to put it out there and ask for support and re recognize that our truths can support other people. Um, and I know just in talking to you that, that your story um, my listeners need to hear what's going on in your life. So start with you and then end up with your family. How did this, how did this all come about? Aaron, it was, uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, I, I love that you work with adolescents and, and, and let's get real. Uh, I got introduced and Hey, I run an adolescence place. Hey, my son, right. It just turned 16 two days ago. Um, and he is a mini me. And here I am with you know, an education in sociology, social work and counseling, running a men's sober house for 10 years in the field, um, kind of a predominant figure in my area. And here's my kid right underneath my nose. And I am doing literally everything I think I should be doing and right. everything I think I can to promote his well-being, loving him, self-esteem, being a super dad, making sure the, 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 the super dad S doesn't come off my chest, right. um, good or bad, um, bribing him, negotiating with him, <laughs> uh, trying to find the manners of just making him feel okay with him. Right. Um, and so the story starts with this. I, I, too, was not a good student, and my son is diagnosed with ADHD. Um, we had him self-diagnosed. We, we self-diagnosed him professionally back when he was in sixth grade, um, ended up with a 504 plan, sure. fought tooth and nail to try to have the school take care of it. But like so many other people, my son is very articulate. He's a handsome guy. He's an athletic guy. And, and he's a social guy. So th the other part is, is that he tests really well on their standardized test. So here his grades are horrible and he's got anxiety and depression and he can't stand it. But all the other signs are saying, you're really good. You're really good. So it looks like a willingness issue, not a capability it, issue. Yes, yeah. you got it. The same old stuff from the yeah. 70s and the 80s of and course. the 90s. Like you're not living up to your potential. You What's really going down. on here? You know, <laughs> and, and, and so we started with therapy. We started doing energy work. We started with you name it. It was it was freely given like yourself because yeah. I'm in the field so I can call up a friend and say, Hey, what should I do? And they're do yeah. this, do this, do this. Um, things escalated into ninth grade when he moved to high school where uh, he really was doing poorly. We finally were able to get him evaluated from um, the school and the school gave him an IEP. And with the IEP, what ended up turning around was because of their in-depth studies is that he's got some real anxiety and depression that's co-occurring with the ADHD. Right. At the same point in time, they recommended because of his anxiety and they call it executive functioning. That's right. like a big word now. That's, a, that's uh, one of the new terms we're all going to be using in six months. It, it, it is. <laughs> it, wake up professionals. It really just means dealing with life. <laughs> uh, 
Sorry. So, so what ends up happening is um, we end up sending him to an IEP, an I, an IOP, high focus to help deal with this emotional stuff, right? Right, right. right. And and him trying to just feel good about him, and um, we think, well, we've done it now. We've got the IEP. We've done the high focus. We've got you know Reiki happening. Intensive got, outpatient. Yeah, like got, you're using east and west. You we got, got it, it all. all right? we're, we're making sure. I mean, I grew my own chickens and <laughs> and slaughtered them so he doesn't have any hormones. I wish you'd have been more involved in this kid's I life. I know, here, right? I'm taking him on fishing trips and but Yankees games, Jets games, Giants games. I mean, Rangers games. We're all over the place, and um, all of a sudden. Uh, his mother and I, not all of a sudden, but his mother and I end up getting divorced. And now, guys, listen, it is it is textbook 101. Yeah. You know, here's a kid who's got all kinds of emotional issues. Now the family's getting separated. Things are changing again. He's in high school. He doesn't know how to breathe. And I can't see it. I, 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 don't, I think I'm doing, I've checked all the boxes. Yeah. He's in the right care. And now we're finding the marijuana. Yeah. We're finding these vape pens where you, the lesser of the evils, I was in seventh grade and started smoking cigarettes and my parents gave me permission right. because they thought, hey, if we smoke, he can smoke. We're not going to fight that. Maybe that keeps him from drinking and drugging. I was also drinking and drugging in seventh grade. Um, my son wants to do the vape with the anxiety, the nicotine. We know all the information at the same point in time. You watch him take a drag, and and you're going, hey man, if he needs the ah, that's it. He's getting three percent nicotine in a jewel. Right. I'm in. That escalates in ninth grade to the summer where he polishes off on a summer vacation in Maine, um, a bottle of eight hundred dollar single malt scotch that's over thirty five years. And, which was his granddad's, yeah. and which was in the closet, in a box, under shoes. He went searching. Yeah. And then another, bo- the I think it's the green bottle, yeah, green label, scotch, uh, which is like $500. So I don't find this out until it's the middle of the night, and I hear him throwing up, and I check on him, and I can smell it. And now all of a sudden we've got a... 15-year-old, well, at that time, he's 14, and he's drinking all by himself on an island in Maine, doesn't care that it's his grandfather's, you know, whatever, hidden stuff, and which my grand, his grandfather doesn't drink at all, so it was gifts, right? Right. Doesn't care, and here we go. (laughs) And so the progression of what ends up happening, fast forward from last summer to this summer, we have them now... Dropping him off at a party at a friend's house. Yeah. It's six o'clock at night. The parents are home. Everything looks good. We say hi. Be back by eleven thirty. I pick him up at eleven thirty and by twelve o'clock we're in the emergency room because he is just fit to tie. And I have no idea how much he's had to drink, what what he's smoked, what he's done. I just know from myself being in recovery, but also working with other guys in recovery that he's not in okay shape, and I take him to the emergency room. This this feels, smells, and spells the 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 concept that that we always have to come back to, uh, from parent to parent. I'm a parent. You're a parent. The parent's listening. 
that it feels like it doesn't matter what you know, who you are, or what you do, how much you do or do not have. This is something that bleeds through. There's some golden thread that goes through all of our intellect, logic, wisdom, and love, and will grab someone and tear them apart. Um, are you of the, the school of thought that this is a disease that's running genetically through your family? Or are you still looking for a box that you missed that had you checked that, this wouldn't happen? That's a great question. Um, I, I think that it's, like I said, he's a mini-me. And so if he's a mini-me, he's got my genetics in him. And our family, my father's the oldest of 12. Out of those 12 siblings of his, seven of them are in recovery. Two of them are not. The others are in another 12, Al-Anon. Uh, my mother's in, in AA. Um, one of, two of her siblings should be, and one of them is not. So it's in the blood. It's, it's in the family. The grandparents. Yeah. And was uh, on, on your ex's side, on his mom's side too? The interesting part is that my ex is, uh, was adopted, so we don't know. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So it, it's interesting to see. But she's been attracted to a guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she met me when I, I was one. in the throes of it in high school, so she knows. <sighs> So, 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 okay. What were we going to say? This, the scary part of this is that I was, I, I, for everybody, I got sober in 1990 at the age of 19. I turned 22 months later. So, so I was one of those kids that, you know, your my parents said, I hope you have a son just like you when you grow up. Right. And, oh no, that's never going to happen because I've been sober for a really long right. time. I got this. And, and I've got sponsees that come to my house and my kids from, you know, the age of diapers would be like, what do you, oh, dad, big book work. Oh, and they knew the, the nicknames like, you know, two shoes, Joe, and yeah. you know, how we, how we do our thing. <laughs> and so these people are showing up and I'm going to conferences and conventions and, and they know daddy's going tonight to his AA meeting and, and it, prayer, meditation, uh, slogans all around the house. I bring them to my anniversary celebrations and they know my sponsor. I want to, I want to scream right now. Like it doesn't work, but it does because it worked for us. And it's because we found something that worked for us. When I, when I was, when I was doing my groups, it wasn't the steps. It was the people for other people. It's the steps, these steps, it's this, then the step four and I'm clean and I'm clear and I made my amends and now I take the message. But for me, it was the 12 o'clock one connections at, at Perkins where I can just binge on connection, right? And, and so we give these things and we share these things. And when it's not our kid, it's so easy to say things like, well, at some point you got to cut bait. That's right. So, so if I was coaching you, right. you know where this conversation would go. That at some point, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about your enabling. We're going to talk about you cutting bait. Yep. But you knowing as much, if, if most likely more than I do, about this field in this industry, what's going on with cutting bait and enabling for you? How are you going to approach this and deal with this? So I, I want everybody to pause for a minute because if you walk in my shoes you believe in a power greater than yourself. And you say, God, please help my kids. Please don't let them become an alcoholic or a drug addict. And, and, and I don't know about 
anybody else, but I'll negotiate with God to my best ability. <laughs> you know, I'll be the best. I, I, I will go out and I will save your children in, in the trenches. I will go to the, I to will the crack dig, houses. Dig ditches. I will, yeah, I will, I will orphanages do, in India. I will give everything I have to save my children. Take me, not Take, them. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you say that, I hear you logically. Yeah. But emotionally, I'm here to tell you, like we talked the other day, uh, it's kind of like we have a radar and it's broke. Yeah. I can't pick it up on my kid. I, ca I can read others from a mile away. I can sniff them from across the room. But when it's my kid, I just look at him and I'm going, that's, that's literally my baby. And it's, a, it's brought me in touch with a different side of love that I never really knew existed, was capable in me. Right. And, and the scary part is that I, I'm the guy who's also telling parents like you, you know, you're going to love your kid to death. Yeah. And you're so, going to, you're going to give him a comfortable place to die. Yeah. 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 So my son, the challenge is, is that I, I see the fuse is lit. I don't know where his journey is going to go. The best thing that I can do is what I'm getting from other people like yourself is continue to communicate, continue to be rigorously honest with what the acceptance is. And, and it's gotten to the point where my son didn't get to come to Maine this summer because he blew that right with um, this June having a blood alcohol level from that emergency room visit of a 200 right and nothing for nothing 15 year old kid 80 is drunk 400 is so-called dead and he's a 200 right so so he's got to be really there's a handle it was beyond down. alcohol poisoning. Yeah, yeah 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 we were we were not er so 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 i sit here and i say i don't want to enable him i don't i want to work my best program I, I, I send him to treatment do this do that and then the noise the noise that goes on inside of me that says what if i screw up what if i push too hard what if i'm not loving enough what, what if, if he, he goes to treatment and, and and learns worse stuff worse. from other kids he comes back a heroin this addict is stuff that people say to you and me i right. don't want to pay for my kids sober living because he's going to learn worse things there and it's like yeah. he's in school right he's got the internet what are you thinking but but i get the noise right the noise is incredible and then and then to add to it with being divorced families, uh, it's now she and I trying to co-parent. Unity. And exactly. Unity. And and she's not in recovery. And therefore, she's mom, and I'm not gonna she's the mother of my children. Right. I am not gonna go ahead and step on that because she has rights yeah. and she has validation and she has feelings and she has, and she has, and I want to be able to promote her and not take over because we have to work together. We have to be, if we're not unified in this and, and this is, here's some of the blessings by being able to communicate with my son honestly and openly and letting him know, Hey, I don't like you. I love you. But what you're doing is completely unacceptable, and I can't have you around. My son has done things where, like right now, we're in Cape Cod, and I'm from New Jersey. Um, in the past, I've been at uh, other workshops and places, and he's broken into my house and thrown down and had a party. And I've got to go and get my brother to go over there at you know, 6 in the morning and find five knuckleheads and booze and pot. And, and I'm not trying to dismiss alcohol and pot. But also, I want to tell you, I'm grateful that it was just booze Alcohol and, pot. and pot. Right, because it, it's, I don't know where it's going to go. 
And again, back to the noise. What do I do to prevent? What do I do to educate? What do I do? And it's now gotten to a place where at 16, he's able to be like, I'm here for two more years. Then what? Then what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so now there's that huge oppositional think, defiance going down. So, so here's, here's where I come in now as the coach. Yeah. Is, is when, when he is saying to you, you know, I'm here for two more years, what you're going to do? And you say, that's a great question. I'm still curious on what you're going to do in two years. Right. Because it's, you're not going to do this here. Right. I don't know if I can stand you doing this here for another month. Right. And so you got some stuff to figure out. I hope you got a plan. I trust you to figure this out. I love you. Right. That's now, great. That's great. Cause what I do is I go silent. <laughs> I, I don't because I'm going to because the anger inside of me yes. is something totally okay. new where I want to. I mean, listen, you, can, you could listen. These are thoughts, people. I have not reacted on them, but I want to throw them through a wall. Look, look, you are not every parent listening is listening to this show because they need to hear someone like you who's a professional who coaches other people, who does interventions on other people, who drags other people to the hospital, has the exact same feelings that they do because they feel like they're alone. 100%. They feel isolated. They feel unsupported in the fact that they this being that they love so intensely and immensely they can't stand right now correct and they their brain doesn't know how to hold two opposing thoughts and and so then they end up not sleeping and that doesn't correct. help with cognitive thought you know no, no. and it's just this spin and then the noise and then someone gives a great coaching like i just did but yep. in the middle of your anger in the middle of moment of looking your pride and joy in the eye who's high who's drunk and doesn't give a fuck about your rules and boundaries You'd be like, what did Aaron say? You're not going to think of no. that. So, I want you to be there, though. <laughs> so, so then that's the question. Now, as a professional, at what point do you come go to your wife? And if your kid listens to this, this is a good thing for him to hear. At what point is that line in the sand drawn and you say, it's treatment time for you, kiddo. I love you so much. This is killing me mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. You got but it. I'd rather do this. So... Have you hit it yet? What's yes. what's your line? Okay. Yes. Um, uh, the way it hit was um, this vaping THC. Yeah, just yeah. so parents know, it is not. It's going to be our new epidemic. It's it's a nightmare. It's it, it THC without the CBD in it. It's no longer marijuana from the days of you know, 60s and 2000. In it's, 80s, when Thai stick was 7.5% THC. This is this is on the box saying I'm 91% THC. 91%. None of the healthy stuff is in there. None. THC is the dangerous molecule of the 300 cannabinoids in THC. There are three ones that get you high. The rest we don't know anything about. Correct. Except for the CBDs, which we know very little about. So. Correct. So here my kid is able to use the internet. Parents, I'm here to tell you right now, uh, $250 uh, jailbreak on Microsoft with my credit card, bought him, mailed five uh, THC vape sticks. I have no idea how he manipulated that because he's gotten so clever from stealing the money out of the wallet or out of the car or out of wherever I hide it that now he's able to use Xbox. Break, break, break this down. So on his Xbox, on he, his Xbox, he got onto the dark web. Well, so Xbox is owned by Microsoft. Right. Okay. So let's just get real serious. Okay. Aaron. So mommy, okay, my ex-wife has the Xbox at her house. They live there predominantly. Yeah. So he plays Xbox at mom's house. 
somehow he has dad's credit card. We all know how. Sure. Dad wasn't paying attention, clickety, left the wallet clickety. out. Clickety. Exactly. Sure. So he then uploads my credit card to his mother's Xbox account. I no longer can have access to it because I don't know her passwords. I don't even know the email address for the Xbox. So then she receives, he does his deal. Yeah, right. goes he, on he to the charges dark web, $250 gets through Microsoft, with gets THC. the correct 100%. She gets a Microsoft email saying, thank you for your purchase using credit card numbers. And she calls me up and says, hey, Rogue, I don't know if this is your credit card, but we've just been, you've been charged or someone's been charged $256.60. I'm in Maine and I'm going, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? How? And I had just seen him the week before. Every parent knows what you're talking about. Every parent has had the Aaron. What? I just got the new debit card. Not even three weeks before that, <laughs> I changed my debit card because I don't know what could possibly be happening because of what my kid has done to me in the last two years. And all of a sudden, I'm calling Microsoft, and you want to know the funny part? They're telling me, you don't have access to this account. You don't know the login number. You don't know the security code. We cannot talk to you. I said, could you just tell me if it's my credit card number? Because all they give you is the last, right, last four, four digits. digits. And they're saying, we can't talk to you. So now I have to talk to my ex-wife, and we have to play ping pong back and forth. And I'm like, Look, what, how, who, where? <laughs> While everything else is going on, he meanwhile is off in La La Land. Right, ninety-one and smoking ninety-one percent THC with a developing brain. Yes, sir. Ever like I said, I, I was doing a parent weekend, and I you know, I've got thirty parents in the room, and I say, how many of you have ever had your kid get so angry at them that they call CPS on you and made a false claim? And these people, the, that's happened. <laughs> so the people in the front row raise their hand and I say, turn around and look. And there's nine other people with their hands. Amazing. Up. And then, and then I say, how many of you have had your kids steal your car? And the, you know, 70% of the hands go up in the room and they're looking around. They're like, you, me. And like the, the moment I say the false CPS claim, your hand goes up. Yeah. Like parents don't. Dyfus came to my office. At work. Yes. Oh, and I own my own businesses. And they came in and they said, "There's been we, we have a charge against you from the guidance counselor at school. Apparently, you hit your kid with a belt and there's no food in your house and you are starving him. And I'm going, what? <laughs> we were at a Rangers game. <laughs> like, right. I'm going. <laughs> I got pictures of him eating nachos. Like, what are exactly, you talking about? Yeah. Oh. And they literally come to my house. <sighs> and they literally check the cabinets. And they literally I have to give them my bank statements. And I have to, and I have to. And I'm not here to brag and stuff, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I don't worry about. We're good. Right. We're good. We're 28 years sober, guys. We're not dry here. <laughs> we're, we're working a spiritual program. Like, life is okay. And my kid gets pissed off. And so one way to really shake dad's tree yeah. is he hears this stuff at school or on the on the internet or YouTube or on TV shows that oh. say, oh, if you treat me like this, dad, I'm going to call Dyfus oh, on you. Google, Google how to get your parents back. Exactly. Watch how many millions of pages come up. Okay. All right. So you are in the thick of everything that every parent we're talking so to. So you asked me about how do, how, how so do I get next? to the place, right? Yeah, what's next So, so I find my kid at my house, right. and we've already done, this is this summer, we've already done finding vape pens right. and the, going to the ER and, oh, you know, blow up at dad, run away with some friend, 
show up at mom's house. What she's an ER, she's a labor and delivery nurse. She's not home. Dad's tracking it on the cell phone, going like, "What the heck?" Goes to mom's house. There's a pool party with a case of beer. All you kids go home. Gavin with me. The yelling, the screaming, the name calling. I mean, he's brutal when it comes to me. I am the monster, and he just rips fire on me. Um, this is really sad stuff. So um, I'm home, and he's in the game room. And my kid, like I said, has ADHD. So he watches TV to go to sleep, or he watches his phone. He's got static going. That's just how he calms down. And it's about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's quiet in the game room. And so I go into the game room, and he looks like he's sleeping, right? So he doesn't have the TV on, and he doesn't have the phone on. So I know he can't be sleeping because he's never, that's just not his way. So Aaron, I'm, I'm like, Gav, what's up? Hey, Gav, buddy. And I smack the leather couch real loud, and he doesn't move. And I look down on the ground, and I see that little vape stick pen. And I'm like, what the fuck? Take a picture of it. Call his mom. I'm like, something's up, man. He's like passed the fuck out. And I, he's alive. He's breathing, but he's not moving. And you need to come and get him because I'm, I'm on fire right now. We just got done this talk. We just did the ER like three weeks ago and all this bullshit that's going on and a party at your house. Like I, he's out of control and I can't do anything. I surrender. I can't do anything. And this is when he comes to and he comes and he comes over to me on the phone with his with his mom and he starts yelling at me, telling me to give him back his shit. He starts telling me I owe him money for throwing it away that he's fucking done with this shit, and that if I keep throwing his shit away, he's going to break my teeth. And I'm just telling him, okay, Gavin, I'm on the phone with your mother. Go in the other room, please. And I'm trying to tell her, please come and get him. I can't do this. I'm going to go crazy. He comes up and whacks me across the head. The phone goes on the ground, and I stand up, and he pushes me over the table on the whatever you call it, and I go on the ground, and I push him into the chair, and I sit on him. And then he bites me real bad. And then I pick him, kind of grab him with both hands, and I push him into the game room, and I tell him, we're going to fucking go now, buddy. And he looks at me, and all I see is my little boy. And I can't move. The anger is beyond, and I want to I hurt him. I want to hurt him bad. And I wrestled him, I'm, you know, watched. He's got a, little, got a little whatever. I'm still left with the bruise. I scared him. Um, I've never been physical at all with my children. I've yelled. Um, and that's when I knew at that moment, there was that moment of clarity that said, there's nothing I'm going to be. I mean, I can love them, but I'm not going to be able to help them. So I called up the insurance company. I asked for all the providers. I got all the information. And this is where it gets really heartbreaking, guys, is that my ex-wife, she's the mom. And she believes in lots of wonderful helpful ways but i'm the recovering drug addict and alcoholic and i know in that moment that my kid is the fuse is lit and then nobody can tell anybody what they are but my side of the story is is that's me that's an addict yeah and i can't help him so i gave her all the information i gave her and again here's the other part She's the provider for insurance. Right. So I'm not allowed. I'm not able to. 
but I called and those people were kind and I got all the names, all the numbers. I even called some of the facilities and gave his insurance because I have that and got that run and got the information on what we could do and I had to put it in her hands and I had to step back and I had to really put boundaries down at my house, really put boundaries down with how he can talk to me. Um, so much so that just the other day, I pick him up from, he works at Great Adventure. I pick him up from Great Adventure, um, him and his girlfriend, and he immediately starts yelling and screaming at me because I won't let him hang out with her until midnight and drive her home. Right. And um, I ended, she was going to come back to my house and they were going to hang out until 11. And um, that blows up and that's the end of that. I took her home. And of course he yells and screams at me and tells me to drop him off at his mom's house. And I go ahead and drop him off at his mom's house and I don't get into a fight with her and I don't yell at him. I don't call him any names, but yet his stories are dad yelled at me. Dad called sure. me names. Dad, dad, dad set it off. Dad started it. Some dad has a, 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 a he's a, got an annoying voice. He's, he's pissed off with me all the time. He's evil, blah, blah, blah. And, um, all I can tell you right now is I'm in that, if you were sailing, I've got no wind, I'm in irons. I'm standing still, I don't know what way to go. I've gotten the information, here we are at the- uh, one, of the one of the best conferences I've ever been to. Right, and I've reached out to tons of people there. So as a dad, sharing the story, just like how I met you, right. and getting information so that I can just hand it over and say, I really, and what I, I, I write this down in text messages to, to my ex-wife, our son is really sick and he's beyond yours and my help. We need to be able to help him. I believe he needs to go. I believe he needs to go. And I just keep, and I tell him that too. I tell him right to his face, Gavin, I really think you need treatment. I really think you need help and I can't help you. You don't want my help. You don't want to be around me. You don't want to respect me. Do you... Okay, so there's a, there's a couple things that comes up on this. First of all, thank you for this, this level of brutal honesty. Again, this is, this is why I love talking with people in recovery because, because you keep killing the secret. You're killing your sickness. Like, like every time you're dragging your own dragon because, Rogan, you could, you could very easily go back to your hotel room tonight and raid that mini bar and not feel this. Sure. Like, we know this. I'm like, sweating over here. I'm, <laughs> I'm a hit away of not being in pain. Right. And, and because of my things, and I have a wonderful life, but I'm a hit away from numbness. That's it. And, and 20, 22 years now, all I can tell you is right now at 9.34 in the a.m., I'm not high. Don't sure. ask me about noon. That's it. We'll get we'll get there later. Do you have hope? Here's the magic of being the so-called shoemaker. Yeah. I've seen my own case, yours and others, so I have hope. Yeah. I have hope. Um I do I do know that there's a loving God. I do know that my son is wrapped around cuz I asked God to do that. So I believe that he's got a journey in this human existence, but that his spirit, he, if I just keep showing up as a sober dad and I keep showing up as a loving dad, don't, don't like, don't like, as you said, but enabling, love. Yeah. but love. And, and, and I'm here to tell you guys, love has many different colors. And one part of love is to start setting boundaries and 
having a sponsor, having a program, and having men like you around. Boundaries are the only way to have a healthy relationship. I, and, and an offering, a, a statement of boundaries is a, is a request for a healthy relationship. You it. have to set boundaries. Yep. So I keep, if he breaks the boundaries, I have to set, step back and set another one and step back and set another one. So his 16th birthday was just a couple of days ago. And of course he asks for the sky's the limit. Sure. And I know now that he's, you know, trading, selling, whatever it is, certain presents and toys that he's received over time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the hustle. So um, he got clothes. I mean, underwear, T-shirts, a hoodie. I'm the dad who takes him to Rangers games and uh, go see. You know as well as I do that the, that the, the dividends are going to pay there, not in the new phone. Right. That, that he can say, I lost it, and right. then someone's going to get him another one. But right. in those Rangers games, that's, that's, that's the long-term investment. That's the long game. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's the part you're you're after now is the long game because that's right it. right now he's hustling the short game he's that's it. he's flipping walnuts on a table and that's making true. some cash right now, mm-hmm. but you're you're you're, you're S and P five hundred with the Ranger games and the and the fishing trips and the yep. I mean that's that's just all we got that's it. at that point. So I hold back <clears throat> because boundaries have been broken, so he ends up with the hoodie. I want I reframe it, man. It's not holding back. You're well, not holding back. You I know, hear you know what, what I'm saying? saying. It's like it's like but the boundary feels like on the parent side. Yes. It's a holdback. Yes. I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm not the super dad. The S is off the chest. And now I'm this guy who's just sitting there who's I mean, Aaron, if I was to tell you my masculinity is shot, man. I, I let my kid throw me down. I let him go ahead and slap me up the side of the head and hurt me. And and I didn't on the man's side, I didn't stand the ground, right? And be like, yo, you can't hit dad. That's bull. Like, I'm 220 pounds. You're 120 pounds. Sit down, right? right. I, I didn't do that. And I didn't give him the tickets to the game. I didn't. I, I got him a hoodie. You're not supposed to do any of those things now. Right. You know, that's the and, thing. And so the S. And it feels. I feel like I got kryptonite wrapped around my neck. Sure. And, and I'm screaming inside like the like the loneliest man in the world, just wanting to reach out. And he, he hits those buttons. Well, he installed so them. So bad. He's, he's, he's the electrician, man. Oh, my man. God. <laughs> and, I, and I'm left powerless. And, 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 it's, and it's great that you're talking about our program and, like, don't ask me about noontime. I don't right. know where I'll be. Because... I've never been so vulnerable in my recovery, and I don't want to say that I'm vulnerable in a relapse, but we know in being sober for a long time that relapse is like I go shopping and buy, I need one fishing pole to fish with. I only can fish with one. Why'd I buy 10? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I go, I only am going to wear one shirt a day, so why did I bring home 20 to fill the closet. Amazon sends me texts like, why did we ever break up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm finding myself on these sprees, and, and I'm like, you want to know what in the big picture? Yeah. Okay, so what? I have seven shirts. I can give them away. You know, I, I manipulate yeah, yeah. it and work it out. But I literally find myself for therapy, it, which I don't know if this will work for anybody else, but I go walk around Walmart for an hour. I don't buy anything. I just walk around and kind of people watch and stare and I'm surrounded. I mean, yes, I go to meetings. Yes, I talk to people. I'm talking about cool out time. Right. I go walk around in Walmart and just, I, I want to say it's like get my freak on. I just am there 
so that I'm not feeling so alone, so isolated, so unbelievably out of control inside that I can have a human experience watching another mom and dad with their son, whatever they're doing, buying the Superman toy or or the kids, you know, having a tired fit or whatever it is, but that the human experience is existing where I can say, I'm just human. I'm just yeah. human. I'm just human. Well, I there's a there's a conversation for us to have off off mic. You know, I sure. I want you and uh, his mom to do our um, parenting class. It's free. It's live streamed, and it's the workshop that we do with the parents whose kids are in our facility while the parents are doing it. Thank you. And, and you can interact like like it's and, and it's a hundred percent free because again, my our executive director and I this. What, what you what you're saying is healed. This is the medicine. Every family understanding that <clears throat> your race, your creed, your financial status, your orientation, your gender is irrelevant to what is taking place here. That's why we can't call your son's not making bad choices. This is the only choice he can make right now. He doesn't want to make it. The shame and guilt he feels for shoving his father down is driving him to use and he can't stop using. He doesn't. We know this. And then you look into his eyes and it's love and rage. And those two things are so disconnected that there's a violent relationship between the two of them. And, and you're, you're caught in the same place that they are. And, and I've been there and you've been there. And uh, uh, Robin, who I interviewed yesterday, like this, this is us. This is life. This is human. This is parenting. But didn't you ever think that, you know, 28 years sober, this isn't going to happen to me. I'm going to do such a better job because I went through it and came out the other side of it and I've got all this knowledge and I've, I know what it looks like and yet it's rendered me the most powerless. It's as close to the powerlessness I felt with drugs and alcohol. The hypervigilance and guilt that I had over what kind of dad I was to my daughter in her first three years of our life, I have consciously known that has been the sole motivator for everything I've done. And that's not healthy. And I've known that since the beginning. And it's been the thing since, uh, since the beginning that I've always wanted to find a way. But unlike so many people, I hate the line, no regrets. I hate that. Oh, yeah. I can't stand people. No regrets, man. I don't have any regrets. Yeah, right. I hold my regrets on a daily basis because they keep me sober. They keep me making sure that I understand that that one drink away it will end my marriage and end my relationship with my daughter and means that I will lose the love and respect of my stepson. But I screwed my kids up. And I, and I know that. And, and the best thing that I could ever do was tell them that, to say, I only did what I had to work with. That's it. And I, I never was so dumb to think that I understood what was going on because from the very beginning of my sobriety, I recognize, I don't know what this is. This yeah. is way bigger than me and I can't beat this. And, and in the day before I quit forever, when I, when I kneeled in front of my altar and, and I prayed to any God and any goddess and any angel who would listen and any earth spirit who would hear me, I just said, I'm not going to stop. You have to stop me. And not, not my mom, not my dad, not my kid, not my ex. It's, it's got to be something that I can't fight, something that I can't negotiate with, something so big that I know it to be nothing but true. 
And so I can't say that I started this with any preconceptions that I was going to do this well. Doesn't help how hard it hurts to know that my kids now that are 23 and 24 have no problem telling me what I did wrong. <laughs> and it's way more than I thought. Yeah. It's, it's just way more than I thought. And I can just be in that space to hear it and say, yeah. Or I see my daughter um, getting her text from Amazon saying, we miss you. <laughs> and I go, you know what? That yeah. one's on me. You don't have to do that because that one actually belongs to me. Right. And I didn't mean to pass that on to you, but I know I did. Right. And, and, and that's it. And you're right. Your son has a path and he's got a relationship with a greater power to develop. And this at 16 years old... All you have is hope. And and those of us who have walked through hell, and we know what it says over the gates, abandon all hope. That's it. But that's that's what hell wants you to do. That's not what you do. No. <laughs> no. Because if you abandon it, We're over you with. abandon your son. Yeah. And, and I tell you, there is a greater pain. Yeah. And that's if you abandon your son. And you haven't. No. No. Man, I don't. Thank you. I guess that's all I have to say. Thank you for, for reminding every single parent who listens that you get it and you're yeah. a professional and you're yeah. a recovered addict and yeah. you get it. I, I do. Rogan, thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much, parents, for making Beyond Wrist and Back a number one parenting podcast. I'd like to thank CCSAD for their support and the opportunity to interview all of these amazing guests for this series. If you have seen Beyond Risk and Back on any of the five major social media sites, you can thank Your Cause Consulting. Your Cause Consulting specializes in marketing companies that have something going on bigger than just running their business. They have a cause. If you'd like to contact Your Cause Consulting, go to yourcauseconsulting at gmail.com. All the sound and the music was engineered and created by Deepin Productions. To reach Deepin Productions, go to deepinproductions at gmail.com. D-E-E-P-E-N productions at gmail.com. This is Aaron Huey. Parents, remember to take care of yourselves first, your adult relationship second, and your children third. In that way, we do our best work with our children. We'll talk again soon.